How we doing, family? Doing all right? You guys doing good? The seven of you? Okay. We're fired up today. We're fired up. Really, it's uh, such an honor and a, pl a privilege always to, uh, to take this platform. This is God's platform, and I don't take this lightly. Um, I was excited last night, went on a little walk. Uh, this morning, woke up around 4.30, but I got to be quiet uh, uh, in the house at 4.30 in the morning. Nelson, she's petite, but she doesn't play around. I, I wake her up at 4.30. We have a problem. But I, I went on a little walk today because I'm an athlete. I don't know if you, you know that or not, but I'm an athlete. I, I'm an athlete. And uh, don't, don't let the big size fool you. Uh, I, I will beat you in a foot race, but I, I, I can associate with being an athlete. If you're watching online, go ahead and put the emoji that, that you best uh, fit with, uh, the swim emoji or the bicycle emoji. But I'm an athlete, and, and there's so many different options available. If you ever uh, challenge me to, to go to your gym, I, man, I, I'm, I'm game for that because, again, I'm an athlete. Again, I, I just eat a lot of food, and so may, maybe my physique doesn't demonstrate how athletic I am. Uh, but I was invited to a, a, a thing called F3, and uh, one of our brothers here at the church, uh, JB, uh, military experience, law enforcement experience, so many different options, right? You got uh, 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 LA Fitness, Planet Fitness, Crunch Fitness, all these things. And he says, Eddie, uh, this is at 5.30 in the morning over at uh, Oviedo at the park. And that should have been the first red flag. But I said, okay, no, no, I, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. And so I show up and it's, it's dark out. It's dark. And there's a, a bunch of guys and they all have a brick, literally a brick, and, and they put the flag, American flag, right in the middle. We do, and I'm a patriot, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a veteran, and so I'm like, okay, I like this, I like this. And, and then it's free, so I really like that one even more. And I'm like, I can get down with these guys. These guys, guys are veterans, and they're, they're, they're hoorah, right? They're, they're ready to go, and, and they beat me up. I'm talking, it was bad, it was bad. You're toting this brick all around, low crawling, bear crawling, flutter kicks. It, it was horrible. It looked like I got kidnapped literally thrown in a lake, left for dead. And then to add insult to injury, what happens? They put you right in the middle. And then they, they're all around you. I'm like, oh man, is this like a hazing? I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe an initiation. And they're like, we're going to name you. And I said, name you? Okay, all right. And all the, the, the whole time, they're, they're saying names to each other, like Batman and Robin and all these things. And so they say, hey, start telling us a little bit about yourself. I said, oh, there's my opportunity right here. So I'm like, I was a sergeant in the army. You know, I'm a paratrooper. I jumped out of airplanes and, man, I got guns and, and I'm a fighter. And so I'm thinking of like a, of a name like Cannon. <laughs> you know, a, a sniper, something like real cool, right? And they said, no, 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 tell us more. I'm like, oh, I'm a pastor. You know, I love people. You know, I, I don't know what they're going to come up with that. And they're like, no, no, tell us more. Your children. And I said, well, uh, my children, my, my son plays football at TMA. My, my daughter, she's in track, and, and, and she's also a cheerleader. And, they, and the guy says, hey, stop, stop, stop. That's it right there. Your name is cheerleader. <laughs> cheerleader. So I'm driving home. The sun still hasn't come up yet, and I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. And so beat up that day, uh, both in my mind and on my body, and the next day, JB calls me up. He says, Eddie, how you feel? And I had to, I had to, to, to just govern myself and, and not be so quick to respond, right? Be quick to listen, so to speak, and slow to become angry. I said, I said JB, I'm, I'm hurting, man. I'm hurting. I said, my, my stomach, my abs. I said, they're killing me, man. He said, Eddie, that's your core. He says, the core is the first thing to go and the hardest thing to come back. And it hit me. 
So as the core is to the body, our spiritual foundation is to life. And the thing that we neglect most will suffer its greatest. And if we're going to live a, a life that leaves something significant, not at the marina, not in the garage, not in the safety deposit box, someone's true value can be measured on what they leave behind in people. And if we're going to do that, a strong spiritual foundation is a must. And I want to go to scripture to see what Jesus has to say about it. We're going to be in the gospel of Luke, the sixth chapter. It'll be on the screen. And real quick, this is the sermon of sermons. And Luke accounts for it. Matthew, I love how Matthew uh, uh, accounts for it as well. But this is Jesus' clothes. And usually a, a preacher, he'll come on up and the clothes is like the most powerful thing. Like that's his, this is the finale. And man, I'll I tell you, what, what, a, what a beautiful sermon that he gives, teaching us of what it looks like to, to be humble and, and the blessings to people and, and give such instruction and such teaching. Look what he says here. So why do you keep calling me Lord, Lord, when you don't do what I say? That's going to be so important later. I will show you what it's like when somebody comes to me, listens to my teaching, and then follows it. It's like a person building a house who digs deep and lays the foundation on solid rock. When the flood waters rise and break against that house, it stands firm because it's well built. But anyone who hears my words and doesn't obey is like a person who builds a house without a foundation. When the floods sweep down against the house, it will collapse into a heap of ruins. Matthew references these two men, one being wise, one being a fool. To be wise is to take biblical principles and apply them to life. To be a fool is to reject biblical principles and not apply them to life. And you see, we all have a desire, a desire to build a house, a life. It's admirable. It's complete. That's resilient. And here we see the two men. Same desire. One difference, which made all the difference, which was what? Their foundation. So I want to ask you, how strong is your foundation? If we're going to have a spiritual foundation that will sustain us through the test of this life, it's so important that we inspect our current condition. Write that down. Write that down. If you're taking notes, put that in the chat. We have to inspect our current condition. Inspection reveals condition. And a couple years back, we, we ended up buying a, a building over in Daytona Beach. And man, when we looked at it at first, people thought I was crazy. I saw a diamond in the rough, but, but the, uh, it was right on the water, uh, deferred maintenance for years. Uh, the, the HOA was bankrupt. Uh, it was, it was just, man, the, the, the cabana outside, the dock was in the water, literally in the intercoastal. And, and it was just a mess. But I saw a value-added opportunity to, to really bring about uh, some profits for the shareholders. And we went in there. And what was the first thing I had to do? I had to get the property inspected. Why? Because we had to determine the condition. And for us in our own lives, it's so important that we do a self-inspection. And so we're going to do it now. You guys ready for an inspection? Now, there's a self-inspection. Here we go. Write this down. Think, say, do. Think, say, do. Write that down. Your thoughts, your words, your actions. Think, say, do. You know that the Bible says that our thoughts, we should have our thoughts on things that are loving and excellent and worthy of praise. 
If we had a, a transcript of your thoughts the last 72 hours right on the screen behind me, what would play out? That's, now listen, this is between you and God. This is between you. Like this is you. A self-inspection, so don't be nudging your, your neighbor or your spouse. But, but, but what, what would your thoughts look like? Your words. The Bible says that there's power of death and life in the tongue. We have the ability to bring something up, build something up, or tear it down. Transcript, last 72 hours. And real quick, I'm not here to condemn anyone. That is the enemy's job. I'm not even here to convict anyone. That's the Holy Spirit's job. I'm just trying to bring about an awareness and what works for me. But a self-inspection is always necessary because it reveals our condition. What about your actions? What, what about your actions? You know what the Bible says? It says true religion is taking care of widows and orphans and not allowing the world to influence you. Are you taking care of people who are less fortunate than you? Inspection. Inspection reveals condition. If we're going to have a, a spiritual foundation which will sustain the test of this life, we have to constantly do inspections on self. We also have to plan and prepare. Write that down. Plan and prepare. I hope this helps you. This is, it, this is what I'm navigating. This is what God would show me. Pastor Justin did a phenomenal job uh, with, the, with the last two weeks, assembly required, gave some practical tools that we can use in dealing with our feelings and our emotions. I'm really diving a little bit more into the spiritual foundation and the necessity for that. But we have to plan and prepare. The book of Proverbs says this. Do your planning and prepare your fields before you build your house. Now, Proverbs is, is wisdom literature. It, it, the, the Bible says in all that getting, gain an understanding. And we have to plan and we have to prepare. And the most important thing that we have to do when writing up or doing our plan, we have to include God into the plan. Spiritual foundation requires what? Spirit. So many times we want to have a plan absent of God and that's no longer God's plan for your life. He has an intended end for your life and a journey that leads up to it. He says, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans for, for, for good and not calamity. Plans to give you a future and a hope. But you see, when we do a plan absent of God, no longer are we within that perfect will, that perfect plan of God. He also says, the steps of a righteous man. And that's not gender. That's mankind. The steps of a righteous man are ordered by God. Although he stumbled, he won't fall for my hand holds him up. But if you're going to have a plan that's for good and not calamity, and God's in it, and he's orchestrating your steps, we have to include him in the plan and we have to include him into the decision-making process. Steps being ordered by God. Steps are decisions. They're in sequence. Steps. Do I go this way? Do I go that way? What, what do I do? He will order your steps if he's in part of the plan and part of the uh, decision-making process. And not doing this, not including God into the decision-making process, you're now at risk because now you're operating on your own intellect, your own insight, your own vision, your own gifts, and you don't even know what's going to happen after this service to you. But yet we want to develop our own plan. We want to develop our own steps and our own strategy, absent of God. And you see this throughout Scripture. 
And, and I, love, I, love, I love how God, he just does things. We can either learn from instruction or experience. And I, I've been a knucklehead in my life. I'm tired of learning things the hard way through experience. And so I just, I, I, I just, I see the Bible and I'm like, oh, oh man, I'm not going to do that. What happens in the book of Genesis, first book of the Bible? You have two brothers, Esau and Jacob. And, and, and Esau, because he was hungry, so many times we have a void and we're vulnerable. What does he do? He trades his birthright for a bowl of soup. And many people, we give Jacob the deceiver a lot of credit. But the reality is Esau was stupid. Before we get too much on, on Esau, I know back in my own life, as I look back, anytime I did not include God into the plan or in the decision-making process, I made some stupid decisions. Look at this, Hebrews 12. Look what happens here. Look what happens here. Make sure that no one is immoral or godless. Godless means absent of God, like Esau, who traded his birthright as the firstborn son for a single meal. You know that afterward, when he wanted his father's blessing, he was rejected. It was too late for repentance, even though he begged with bitter tears. When we make a decision absent of God, we choose something in the future that we don't see. And he, he repented. He felt bad about it. And I know Mona, I made some bad, stupid mistakes and decisions, but, but there are some decisions that we make, absent of God, that put things in motion. Second Samuel, see a guy named Abnon, the son of King David. And he's moved by by his feelings. In this body, we have natural cravings and inclinations, and we have feelings, and we mistake things to be something that they're not. And he looks at his sister, and instead of acknowledging that it's lust, bringing it to God, allowing him to come into the decision-making process, he talks to his boy, his friend, and his friend, instead of saying, hey, stop, let me hold you accountable, you're stupid, let's invite God into it, what does, he do? what does he do? He helps him formulate a plan. That's not a friend. Accountability equals advancement. And if you don't have people who can hold you accountable, that's why small groups are so important. You need people in your life that are going to say, hey, stop, that's stupid. And so what happens? He's moved by lust, and he does something that he should never have done. And there's children in the room, and so I won't go there. But, but we, we do things in our life that we should never be doing because it's absent of God. And now you had a woman who was desolate, a desolate woman. The, the father enraged, the brother Absalom enraged, ends up killing him. He ends up dying all because of stupid decision, absent of God. And so how are we going to do it? You ready? How are we going to do this? How are we going to include God in the plan? And how are we going to include him into the decision-making process so our steps are ordered by him? The first thing is we have to speak, speak, speak. Speaking to God invites him into the situation and it also sobers us up emotionally. You see, God already knows what you need. But when you pray to him, when you speak to him, it allows him to recognize that you have a dependency on him. And then as such, he now comes into the decision-making process. We got to speak. We also got to feed. We got to feed. I didn't say read, feed. Jesus says, man does not live on bread alone, 
but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And, and, and scripture, which is living and active, we have to develop an appetite to feed from it because it gives us direction. It's the, it's the, the lamp onto our feet, the Bible says. A light onto my path. And real quick, the Bible is the most reliable resource of information that we have as humans. The most reliable resource of information. And so many of us, we're ignorant, not because we have a lack of information, but we're just misinformed. And misinformation will lead to misapplication. And misapplication will lead to missteps and mistakes. And missteps and mistakes will lead to misery. And we wonder, why am I so miserable? I'm not, I'm, I'm not in line with God's plan. It's my plan. I'm not being, uh, my steps are not being ordered by him. They're being ordered by me. And as we speak and as we feed, as a direct result of that, we will discover. Discover who we are. Discover who you are. That God has given each and every one of us gifts abilities and talents. I'm not a professional communicator. I'm Eddie. But you know what? I'm confident in who I am. See, from speaking to God and reading off of his word, I can stand and say, I am who I am because of whose I am. No matter where I am or what I'm doing, I'm a child of God. And I'm operating in my destiny because I'm allowing him to be a part of my plan. And now he's ordering my steps. This is not an accident. This is destiny. And so even the butterflies of getting up in front of a few thousand people watching online, you know, I could walk with a confidence because it's destiny, discovering who you are. So many times we don't know who we are because the information, our memory, our mind is a bank, an information that comes into our, our, our memory, our brain. It, it shapes who you are. Those are deposits. We got to be mindful. So we discover speak, feed. We then could discover who we are, and then we hear as a direct result of speaking and feeding. That is the plan. Oh, again, we're, we're talking about planning and preparing. Planning and preparing, speak, feed. We're going to discover, and we're going to hear. We're going to hear from him. You know what I love about God? And this is not Eddie speaking. This is Bible. This is Word. He says, if you ask me for something, I'm going to talk back to you. I'm going to respond and I'm going to tell you things that you don't even know of. Jeremiah 33.3. He says, ask, and you will receive. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be open. He says, if you humans know how to give a, a gift to your child, when they ask for bread, you don't give them a snake. It's the word of God. And now he begins to speak to you through his word, through having an intimacy with him as you're speaking to him and inviting him into the situation, and he gives you instruction, he gives you direction, and now you can hear from him. If we're going to have a, a strong spiritual foundation that will sustain the test of this life, we have to inspect our current condition. We have to plan and prepare, allowing God into the plan, allowing him into the decision-making process. How do we do that? We speak, we feed, we discover, we hear. Once we hear, we have to execute on the last direction that he gives you. Oh, man. Come on. Come on. If he says it, I'm going to do it. That's it. But I'm going to know it's him. 
Why? Because I'm speaking to him. I'm feeding off of his word. It lines up with his scripture. Again, the most reliable resource of information we have. So if he says it, we're going to do it. And that's a choice. That's a choice. That's your choice. That's my choice. You see, if he made you do it, that's not love. That's bondage. That's not love. So he gives you an opportunity and he gives you choice because he loves you that much. And I just love that in Luke 5, we see this demonstrated. We see this demonstrated that, that God will sometimes speak to us. And when he speaks to us, it's not always at a convenient time. When he speaks to us, sometimes it, it crosses over or it, it, it challenges our own logic. It says, trust in the Lord with your whole heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And in Luke 5, 5, what happens? The, the, the disciples are done fishing. They were the experts. They had their own reasoning and their own logic. And Jesus says, hey, hey, we're going to go back out there. He said, Master, we've been here all day. We've been, here, we, we, we've been doing this all day, all night. They were washing their nets. That means they were, in, that was, they, were, they were done. Look at what he says. He says, but because you said so. And I wonder if we would develop a plan, continue to inspect ourselves, continue to, to, to speak to him in intimacy with him, isolation. Jesus constantly withdrew to the Father. And instead of calling up Buddy, Billy, Johnny, whatever, whoever it is, why don't you call upon the name of the Lord? If you want to be a part of his plan, and that's your choice, and that's your choice, but he says, because you said so. And the cost of disobedience, check this out, cost of disobedience will always cost greater than had you obeyed. Now, you don't see it in the moment. So you say, no, no, I can't do that. That doesn't make sense. That defies my own logic, my own reasoning, my own feelings. And so we say no to it. It's always going to cost us. It's always going to cost us. And so we have to develop a, a, a because you said so. And the reality is this. Faith without actions is what? It's dead. You got to execute when he says do it. Oh, oh man. Okay, Lord. You want me to do what now? Okay. Does it line up with scripture? Am, am I, check, let me check my heart. Let me check my thoughts. You'll know a tree by its fruit. You're going to recognize that you're in line with the Father. Okay. Right, this is not selfish motives here. This, this is what it, okay, God, I'm going to execute on what you said. We also have to hang in there. If we're going to develop a, a strong spiritual foundation which will sustain the test of life, we have to hang in there. This life is difficult. This life is hard. But it's in the, the, the waiting on God. You see, his timing is always perfect. Now, his timing may not always align with your timing, but his timing is always perfect if you're in line with his, with his perfect plan for you. And it's in the waiting where we develop a competency and a character. He refines us and he prunes us. John 15, that he prunes the ones that he loves, that he loves and that we can bear fruit, much more fruit in due season. So it's in the waiting. He says, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They will mount on wings like eagles and soar. And it's in the waiting where you soar. 
It's in the waiting where you grow and you develop. He says they will run and not become weary. They will walk and not faint. You develop an endurance. That's why in the book of James, it says, dear brothers and sisters, consider it pure joy when you face trials of any kind. Because when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. And when your endurance is fully developed, you'll be complete and lacking nothing. Whoa. Be complete and lacking nothing. How? When my endurance is fully developed, how? When my faith is tested, how? When I face trials? Okay, Lord, I'm coming into this season. I'm coming into this right now. And, and I, I, what, what do you want me to learn from it, Lord? Develop my character. So when, when you have what's, what you have for me later, I'm ready for it. I'm ready for it. I'm rooted. I'm complete. I, I understand. I'm ready for it. I'm ready to go. And we've seen this demonstrated in the Bible. I think the best illustration of this, waiting on God, hanging in there, we could see it in Jesus. He's on the cross. He's on the cross. He did nothing to deserve to be there. God seeing you and me in captivity and in need of a savior. Sin is what separated us from God. So in order to to, to, to make a, a right standing, somebody had to die. There had to be a sacrifice. So Jesus, he dies for you and as you, a perfect lamb, bringing about restoration and right standing with the Father for whoever would believe in him. And, he's, and they, 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 bit, they beat him. They pierced him. They spit upon him. And he demonstrates what it looks like. He demonstrates what it looks like to, 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 to respond when you're waiting on God. You see, at 12 o'clock, he's put on the cross. At 12.01, again, he had never sinned before, never sinned, perfect lamb. At 12.01, he could have died and he would have been savior. He would have accomplished the mission. He would have accomplished the mission at 12.01. Why is it, why is it that he doesn't die till 3 p.m.? Why? I really believe that it's to show us how we should respond in a world when we're waiting on God, when we think he's abandoned us, but we're going to wait, Lord. Okay. And what does he do? He helps others. He ministers to other people in the waiting. He says, Mom. This is, your, this is your son, son, this is your mom. John takes her into the house. He, he was in his pain. He's, he's letting things slide. He's not taking offense. He says, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they do. That is what we are called to do as we're waiting. What an example. What else does he do? He praises God in the waiting. He says, I'm thirsty. I wasn't talking to the soldiers. You go back to Psalm 68. It's a Psalms. It's a, a Psalms where, where it's professing lamentation, just lamenting to God. It says, I'm thirsty. It speaks directly to that. That's why I don't understand how people say that the Bible's not what? Perfect unison. Perfect unison. We are called to praise God in the waiting. God, I don't get it. I don't understand it, Lord, but I'm going to praise you for who you are. I'm going to praise you for giving me strength to endure this. That's preaching. 
this stuff about talking, anybody could talk. The question is, how are you living? And you preach the loudest. When you're waiting on God, you're going and you're navigating your own pain, your own discomfort, navigating your own whys. And you say, hey, this is what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna witness to others. I'm gonna praise. And what does he do at the end? He said, it is finished. It is finished. And he bowed his head and his spirit. He said, into your hand I come. He, gives, he, he releases his spirit, showing us that we have to release control in the waiting. God, I'm going to give it to you, Lord. I don't get it. I don't like it. I don't understand it. But I'm, I'm, I, I know that I'm in line with your perfect plan for me because I'm speaking to you. I'm feeding off of your living and active word. I'm discovering who I am, Lord, and I'm waiting on you. I hear you. I'm going to be obedient to you. If you say it, I'm going to do it. And I'm going to release control. And it just hit me this past week. I was going to stop there. But it hit me this week. The release, that is the final test that all of us will take. That when your spirit is no longer in your body, and God would remind me of my father, my dad, man of God. We were poor, but he, he showed us how, how, how important it was to have Jesus at the center. And man, he, he loved people, affectionate, and man, my best friend. And, and many of you may have heard the story. He, he gets a stroke, brain aneurysm. He's getting wheeled in. I rush over there. They're wheeling him in. I said, Dad, Dad, I don't know what's going to happen. They're saying it's bad, Dad. They got to bring you right back under. This picture that I have in my, in my, in my, my this, the thumbs up. And the thumbs up, you know what it demonstrated? Come hell or high water, my God is more than able to see me through. But even if he doesn't, we go in. He comes out, and he doesn't, and he doesn't. And my dad could feel everything. He couldn't move. He couldn't talk. And I remember, this may be a little graphic here, but, but I have to be vulnerable. And I was reluctant as to whether I was going to share this. But growing up, and as a young teenager, we were always doing, my dad was always helping people. He says, son, if I'm ever in that state, you release me to God, man. He says, you put a pillow over my face. And if I'm honest, there were multiple times that I'm in that room and that crossed my mind. Fast forward, we're in hospice. Pain, pain. I would play worship music in the room and he would just cry. You know it. I'm in hospice and I'm on my computer and he's laying right next to me, man, my best friend. My best friend. And the time is nearing. The time is nearing. No, they're not feeding him and they're, all right, it's, the time is nearing. And I just feel this sweetness in, and I stand up, the sweetness in the room and I, and I put my hand on his, on his head 
just begin to thank God for him, for giving me such a great example. Say, God, that you would, you would take him, Lord, and that thank you, God, and open up my eyes. He's breathing. He goes, oh. And the best I could describe it is this energy going through my body. I lift up my arms. My mom's sitting right across from me in the, in the room. I said, Mom. She said, what? I said, he just went with the Lord. And I believe that God would have me in that room at that time so that it's real to me. I'm giving my life to this because it's real to me. The reality is one day you're going to have a test. If it's not built on Jesus, this point just came to me two days ago. We have to place Jesus in the right spot in our lives. And if he's not cornerstone, put that on the screen, team. Put that on the screen. Look at this right here. Put this on the screen. Therefore, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I am placing a foundation stone in Jerusalem, a firm and tested stone. It's as precious. It is a precious cornerstone that is safe to build on Jesus. Go to the next one. As you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans but chosen by God and precious to him, you also like living stones. He has to be cornerstone, placing Jesus in the right spot in our own life. He's already in the right spot. The question is, where is he at in your life? And any foundation other than Jesus being the cornerstone is no foundation at all. living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, holy, set apart. Offering spiritual sacrifices to God through Christ Jesus. How do we do that? How do you offer spiritual sacrifices? The way you live. The way you live. But, but you could only live like that when you place him as cornerstone that you're building on a sure foundation, speaking to him and feeding off of his word and drawing in an intimacy with him and discovering who you truly are and hearing from him and navigating this journey on mission, on purpose. Cornerstone. And you could only live like that and obey him if he's Lord. The scripture we opened up with, my God, make no mistake about it, it's referencing judgment. Says, Lord, Lord, you call me Lord, Lord, right before that, the verses right before that. He says, Many on that day will come to me and Lord, Lord. No, he says, He says, the person who comes, who listens, and who obeys my instruction. But you could only obey God's instructions if He is Lord. Because your feelings, your emotions, your natural cravings, life, the pleasures of this life they will take lordship. Your bank account, your assets, they will take the spot of cornerstone. So how do we do this? It's by grace. We would just profess that he is Lord and believe in our heart like truth. God, hey, take that spot. 
says that anybody who calls on the name of Jesus will not be disgraced. It's an understanding of where you're at. Some of you, it's maybe a recommitment today. That's the Holy Spirit. It's not persuasive speech. It's not just emotion. At the end of the day, it's going to be you and him. So I want to give you that spot or that opportunity right now with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're in here and you want to place Jesus in your life where he needs to be and that's cornerstone and that's Lord. Or if you're real with yourself, he was there once before, but then you've removed him. Right now, no one's looking as a sign of faith. I want to pray for you that you would be bold right now and lift up your arms, lift up your hands so you would receive. Yes, I see you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. Hallelujah. I see you. Yes, God bless you. All the way in the stadiums, I see you. I see you. I see you all the way in the back. God bless you. Today is your day where you give him the right place in your life. Glory. 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 You can put down your arms. You can put down your arms. Thank you. Say a prayer like this as I say it out loud. God, I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I acknowledge that I've built things on other foundation that is not you, Lord. I admit that I've taken control. I set my, my plan and I've, I've kept you out of it. And so forgive me. Forgive me. Jesus, I believe in my heart and profess you with my mouth that you are Lord. Come into my life. Take the right spot and guide me, Lord. I thank you for saving me. I thank you for saving me. Allow your Holy Spirit through your word to check me and remind me that I am your ambassador. Holy priesthood. Offer living sacrifices, spiritual sacrifices on the way I live so that people would see you, my king, in me as I live in this life. I pray for all of us. And we will be reminded of how precious life is. Here today, gone tomorrow. And we will keep the main thing, the main thing. Using the gifts, the abilities that you've given us to bring you glory. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, let's celebrate those decisions, family.